0: Straight from the nickname Hall of Fame. CBS Sports, college football writer, reporter, aficionado, expert. His birth certificate says Dennis Dodd. But you know him as the Dodd father. Mr. Dodd, good morning. You reminded me, Bill. I need to
1: start copywriting that or something. I don't know. I mean, it's got to be worth some money, right?
0: It's really good. It is. It is. (laughs) I love wordplay, and it's the best I've ever heard, Dennis. Um, I'll just let you sort of run with this. Hugh Freeze to Auburn for you means what? Um, It
1: was just kind of so Auburn that they'd put all their eggs in one basket with Lane, and look, it did look like he was coming, and so he didn't. Um, That really, uh, Hugh Freeze was. The Plan B, and there really was no Plan C at that time because they had planned on laying, and, and really thought they had. Frankly, um, so you get you get Hugh Free Warts and all. In one sense, he's paid his dues. Uh, he, he served his exile at Liberty. Uh, whatever you know, personal issues he had, and reasons, really the reason he left, um, left in the first place, had been cleared up at Ole Miss. At least with his family. Yeah, uh, you know, but you know, try to keep the guy off social media, <laughs> but he can coach. I mean, and that's – I'm not making a value judgment here, but I really am. If you can coach and you have a
0: certain winning percentage, you can do a lot of things. Uh, Dennis Dodd here on the show. Dennis, I think I know the answer, but but I'd like to hear it from you. If you're Auburn and you are, are struggling to get the guy that you want and you have to play catch-up, why not a look at a – Luke Fickle or a Matt Rule or someone well-regarded who has not succeeded or been in the SEC in terms of being a head coach?
1: Yeah, I'm not so sure they didn't talk to Matt Rule. In fact, I think there were some reports out there that they did, and there was varying degrees of interest from his camp. Um, so I'm not so sure they, they didn't talk to him. Uh, but uh, they were set on Lane. Lane's another one who I think is matured. As you know become a really good head coach you know I, I think people forget what he did and what he was saddled with at usc he he went 10 and 2 see what year was that it was about 10 or 11 years ago at usc and knocked oregon out of the bcs standings uh by winning up there um now he got fi- also got fired on a tarman um you know he's he, he's fun he's fun to fall he's not he he's fun to follow on social media. In that sense, he's matured. I think he's, he's a hell of a coach. So I don't I don't have a problem with him targeting him. He knows the league. Um, he's been in the league. He's young. So, no, I I have no problem with it. And, and again, yeah.
0: Rule, was, Rule was out there. He went to Nebraska. He's probably better fit. Yeah, I was going to ask you. I mean, I, I'm a Midwesterner, and my parents grew up in Big Ten country. And so Matt Rule in Nebraska and Luke Fickle to Wisconsin are, are so interesting to me. What do those hires say to you about the state of and the future of each of those programs?
1: Well, I thought Matt Rule was the number one candidate from the beginning at Nebraska. Last, let's see, what's today, Tuesday, nine or ten days ago, uh, I had reported that Rule turned Nebraska down. Um, and I don't know whether, that, you know whether he wanted to sit out another year or not, but they came back around on him and he came to the benefit of Nebraska, and I think of Matt Rule, he's getting $9 million a year. He had probably, Bill, the best introductory press conference I've ever seen of any coach. Now, take that for what it's worth, right? Um, press conferences. But he united the forces yesterday. He was great. I know he can coach. I think I've even mentioned to you on this show that uh, he got to, to uh, Baylor in t- late t- 2016, um, couldn't recruit. His best recruit out of Texas was a 178-pound receiver, I think, who never played. Uh, this is his best Texas recruit. His best recruit was a right guard rated 256th best player in the country. Three seasons later, he's in overtime with that recruiting class as a foundation in overtime against Oklahoma in the Big 12 Championship team with a third-string quarterback. Now, they lost, but the guys that turned around hard. You forget... Forget the NFL. Um, how many coaches have gone from college, the NFL, and succeeded? Probably Pete Carroll lately that I can remember. Um, and Luke Fickle at Cincinnati. I think it was the next obvious step for him. It's you know his his wife kind of calls all the shots. They've got six kids. in a natural area for him. Big Ten. He knows knows the place. He gets eh, he gets paid more, right? But you have access to all those resources in the highest paying, highest resource conference in the country. And I think Wisconsin, by firing a coach, Paul Chris, who had a 700 winning percentage, was ready to change everything, the culture, the offense, everything. Um, they need to be more balanced. They need to be more dynamic and, and have better access to, in recruiting to
0: those players. And I think Luke Pickle's the guy that's brings bringing. Dennis Dodd here on the show. Dennis, if you're a Nebraska fan, And your hope and goal is in the expanded college football playoff that you are consistently in the mix for that, and that you qualify for it sometimes. What is your confidence level that Matt Rule can deliver that return, that level of return to some kind of prominence for Nebraska?
1: Well, uh, the biggest answer is: did at Cincinnati, right? Um, You know, if you can do it at Cincinnati, you can do it at Wisconsin. Here's the issue in the Big Ten, and this relates to. To Nebraska, as well, you know, before and, and Wisconsin has been the dominant team in that division, I want to say, since they they went to division, but not so much lately. But think about this uh, if you're in the Big Ten West, and you know, what do you have to do? You have to maybe split with Wisconsin and Iowa. Uh, you got a shot at winning the division, not bad. And I'm talking about like a Nebraska, well. I think all these conferences, bill are destined to go to one division. Big 12 does it. American does it now. So you can match your two best teams in the conference championship games for better access to the playoff. Okay. So what does that mean in the Big 10 going forward? Well, you're not going to have to just beat Wisconsin and Iowa. You know what you're going to have to do to get to the championship game? You're going to have to be in the same realm with Ohio State and Michigan, because until further notice, you know, they are and have been the two best teams. Now, in an expanded playoff, can you get there easier at 10-2 and two or 9-3? and three? Absolutely. Um, but, you know, and there's going to be multiples from the SEC and Big Ten probably every year. But it, it just became
0: a higher climb, to me, for those programs. The Dennis Dodd here on the show. Dennis, let's get into some, some chaos and the possibility of chaos. I'm just going to give you some some scenarios, and you tell me who you think gets in or the teams that are in contention. If TCU loses... But USC wins. Who is the fourth team in?
1: Well, I'll go. I'll back for it. I think the top three teams are all but locked in. Um, You know, I, I, I think TCU can afford a loss now. If USC also loses, does that allow Ohio State in? It's a it's a discussion. You know, you're sitting there with a team that didn't win its division, lost once. But got destroyed in the biggest challenge it had in the entire season. You know, versus, uh, PCUs, one of the last three undefeated in that scenario would have lost, um, uh, you know, beat at least four ranked teams along the way. And I viewed those comebacks and there were several of them as positive, not negative. Uh, and, and then USC, I think, would be the most vulnerable of the two losses to the same team that, is not exactly a powerhouse. Good, good. Utah's good, but not a powerhouse this season. So I, I think USC is the most vulnerable. I think a case can be made, and I'm not the only one that the, the, the top three. In fact, the drama on the CFP this year that probably less than any other year uh, because the top three may be locked in.
0: And so Alabama for you, even if TCU, no. they're done.
1: Yeah, yeah I can't. I, I don't understand the Alabama thing. I know they lost two, game, two games by four points, but I, look, the, the consideration is going to be Ohio State. And if, two as I mentioned, two of those teams lose, TCU and USC, one of them probably TCU is going to stay in. There's not going to be a spot for Alabama. Alabama's not going to jump Ohio State. They're just not, and they should. Um, you know, Ohio State, uh, was, on balance, the better team this year. And maybe maybe Alabama is competing against itself in that respect. It's standard it has, it has set. But it did lose two, and Ohio State did one. You know, what, what you're saying in that respect, uh, if that happens is, well, you know, Ohio State's not even in the same realm as Alabama. Who can afford to lose two? We know that's not the case. We're not talking about the Sun Belt and the SEC. We're talking about the SEC and the Big Ten. So... No, I, I have a hard time uh,
0: getting out of the game Dennis Dodd here on the program. Dennis, Harbaugh's success at Michigan, and by the standards of the last few seasons, the way in which it has happened in an extraordinary way late in his tenure. Most people would not be afforded that much time. Does that say anything to you about, uh, about programs needing to have more patience with coaches or about just the uniqueness of Harbaugh, maybe adjustments that he made? Yeah, I think
1: it's needs. I mean, look, he wasn't
0: – he didn't fail at
1: Michigan. I think he won 10 three times in his first seven seasons or whatever it was, the first six seasons. So he didn't fail. He, he just didn't beat the right team. You know, he didn't beat Ohio State. Um, he lost to Penn State. He didn't win the Big Ten. Uh, he didn't compete for, you know, a, a playoff uh, until last year. But isn't it amazing – In a 365 day period, all that changed, where now he's won two in a row for the first time over Ohio State for any coach uh, since 2000. Uh, And, you know, all of a sudden Ryan Day being compared to John Cooper, which is fair. John Cooper was the last Ohio State coach to lose consecutive games in Michigan. He was there 13 years and never embraced the rivalry as, as he should have. Ryan Day has, and this is. Very disconcerting to Ohio State and Lion Day. But Jim Harbaugh, there's a great story, I think, by Bruce Feldman from The Athletic, where he quoted one of the assistants who's no longer there at Michigan, saying the strategy was we can't we can out-talent them because this is a point I made in my column Saturday. Ohio, Ohio State's a little bit in the Big Ten. It's not even a discussion. 66 draft choices since uh, Harbaugh arrived in 1547 from Michigan. Okay. And we know they played the championships and uh, everything else. But this Michigan assistant said, we know we can't out-talent them, but we can out-hustle them, we, we can be grittier than them, and we can out-culture them. And I think that's exactly what we saw Saturday. I thought that Michigan was grittier, I thought they were tougher, and I thought they were looser. When, time came, when the time came and the game was on the line. You know, Ryan Day in the third quarter had, I think it was fourth and five, Michigan 43. He's got the best quarterback in the country on on his bench, and he punted. And you know what Michigan did? They took eight minutes, went 80 yards,
0: 15 plays, and put the game away. Made it 31-20. That was the game right there. Dennis Dodd here on the show. Dennis, last one for you. Deion Sanders as the head coach at Colorado at an SEC school, at any Division one school. I know it, it's a very sort of realm of possibilities, but for you, that would equal what?
1: I love I love him as a coach. Um, I have come around on that because the biggest question I had about him, and I wrote about it during the season, was, okay, he's Coach Prime. Okay, I get to all that. Turned around Jackson State. That's one thing. Um Another thing is taking over a power five. Well, I, I talked to Hunter Urechek at Arkansas. Not many people remember this. Arkansas interviewed Deion Sanders twice before they hired Sam Pittman. The first time, it was a courtesy interview because Eric Musselman, the basketball coach, his agent, had relations with Dion and wanted the AD to interview. Okay, fine. He was so impressed, the Arkansas AD, he went back a second time with his number two to Dallas and talked to him. Obviously, they didn't hire him, but I quoted him as saying he was absolutely ready to take over. And this guy, I think, for all his flash and everything, as a player and a coach, he gets it. I think whoever he takes over, he's going to succeed at. He completely turned around Jackson State and the HBCU scene, if you will. Uh, I, I don't know what's happened in Colorado. He confirmed that he got an offer. He didn't say he'd take it. Um, You know, I I think he'd be automatic I think he'd be great at Georgia Tech. But we'll wait and see. But he's going to be a follow-up have no doubt.
0: I love it. I love it. What a great time for College Football. Uh, He is the Dodd father, the the godfather, the leader, the, the head of college football reporting. Excellent. Mr. Dodd, my friend, thank you, pal. Appreciate you, man. Bill, thanks so much.